0: Hello there, you're about to experience the What's Up Church podcast. Can a dude get some Holy Spirit? What's up, church? What's up, church? How are we doing? This is a late night recording. I know that doesn't make any difference to you guys, um, based on what time you're listening to this. But normally I record these in the morning or the afternoon. Like normally, it's either after my reading or, ah, uh, yeah, pretty much after my reading. Pretty much when I, most part, these things are are pretty much a morning gig. Cup of coffee, da da da. You guys have heard it anyway. This is more of a nighttime. It's 9.30 p.m. But before we get going, how are you guys doing? Lovely, as always. Fantastic. Good to hear. Glad you guys are doing so well. Um, I know I say that every time, but every time I mean it. Every time I mean it. I have some cool updates that I want to talk about. And then a specific Bible verse section that has always Boggled me that I want to talk about that I had an idea about and I wanted to get your guys' opinion on. That's pretty much what we're going through today. Um, so in the world of being released, this podcast will come out. I don't know when it's going to come out, I'll be honest with you. If I'm, if, <laughs> I don't know exactly when it's going to come out, but I would imagine sometime in October. But I want to talk about this while well, it's more fresh in my mind. So we as uh, I think the episodes before this are going to be with my uncle and Adam, but we were in the camp land, which is the campgrounds in San Diego that heart church, the church I used to be a part of in San Diego goes to and Escondido. Um, and I got to tell you that dude, the Lord is moving in that community. It is so cool to see, like, it is honestly cool to see. Um, like where it's growing, it's literally doubled in size since, since we were there for the most part. Um, there are some new leaders that are just emerging in terms of what the Holy Spirit is doing with people in that church. Um, the community is just, it's just super cool to see that, but it was also weird. Cause it was weird. Cause we're not really, we're not connected anymore. Not that we're not like you know, I mean, it's not, it's no longer like the, the house that I'm, that's my covering. You know, the people that are there, I, I love to death. The ones that I've seen emerging out of the stuff, Diff Mix, their crew, all that. Um, and oddly enough, dude, this is so weird. Like, like people that I would have never in a million years dreamed to listen to this podcast. Some of them are listening to this podcast. And it's the most awkward thing when someone says a catchphrase to you. You're like, oh, what is going on? Like, you listen to this? Like, oh, golly. So I was blown away that there's some people there in that community that are, are paying attention to this, which is, you know, again, crazy. But it was, it was just such a cool thing to see that it growing and how it's growing and how the Lord's moving in that community. I was just taken aback by that. I was like a very large and everything else. Um, I was just, uh, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, so I want to touch on that. I don't know, I didn't have a chance to touch on that, but I, it, was, it was just fresh in my heart today. Um, and so anyway, to the topic at hand, there is a phrase in the Bible, not a phrase, there is, there is a statement in the Bible and it's in three gospels. It's in three gospels, Mark, Matthew, and Luke. And it was something that always just boggled my mind. It just, it was a phrase and I'll just get into it. It is when. Mary and Jesus' brothers go to get him while he's preaching in a synagogue. Um, If you're familiar with it, it's Mark 3, 31 through 35, Matthew 12, 46 through 50, and Luke 8, 19 through 21. Like this event is recorded three separate times, three times in the Bible. They talk about this. And now, again, there are a lot of things that are, that, you know, that each gospel has its own thing for. Just so, like, you know, a background, Mark is very much, for those who are not Bible literate, I don't know why this would be, but, you know, Mark is basically Peter's breakdown. You know, Mark was basically scribing for, was dictating for Peter. And then Matthew is obviously, you know, Matthew. Um, wait, no, no. Wait, was I right? No. Was Matthew? Yeah. And then Matthew is obviously Matthew. I'm sorry. And then um, uh, Luke is, you know, Luke, Acts, Luke. Um, and everyone just has their own take and own style of writing. Every, every gospel has its own unique uniqueness. But it's crazy how this story is portrayed in every single gospel. So, you know, in Mark, it's, you know, starting in verse, uh, chapter three, verse 31, and his mother and his brothers came and standing outside, they sent him, they sent to him and called him and a crowd was sitting around him. And they said to him, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, who are my mother, and my brothers, and he, and I'm sorry. And looking at those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother and my brother's. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. And then if you go into Matthew twelve forty six, while he was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. Okay. And then now Luke, which is the variation of those two. Those two are really similar, but then Luke is, you know, again, this is Luke eight, 19. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them. My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Like such a crazy breakdown. And so for those of you who don't know, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but Jesus's brothers did not believe Jesus was the Messiah. Like, it's pretty well documented that, you know, they didn't believe they weren't believers. And so when you read this, it kind of reads crazy, like crazy, not because the brothers, but because of Mary, like Mary baffles me in this and like we're we're talking about it tonight in our thrive group which is why I wanted to record this because it was fresh in my mind and it was just the, the I've read that scripture you know plenty of times in Matthew Mark and Luke um and every time I've read it it always gives me such immediate pause and it's always made me like just stop and wonder because If there was any one person, any one person at all that knew Jesus was the Messiah, that Jesus was the Christ, it was Mary. Joseph could have had doubts. The apostles could have had doubts. People could have had doubts. Everyone, the brothers, his brothers and sisters could have had doubts. But Mary Mary was the only one who knew for certain because she was a virgin she was without man when an angel spoke to her, and she gave birth without ever having had intercourse had ever never never had known a man, and she knew that, and so the fact that she 's going with her other sons to go get jesus you 're like what I always was like man. And, and the assumption is they're getting him to get him to stop. And that's kind of where I wanted to start with now. Like, why? Why were they trying to get him to stop? What about his preaching at that moment in time was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like what's going on that, that would force this? And so We have to look at, I think the best example is interesting is how Matthew and Mark kind of have very similar lead ups to that moment. Okay. So the lead up for obviously 12, and we'll start with Matthew because obviously it's Matthew, it's Matthew, Mark, then Luke, then John. Um, We're going to go with Matthew, Mark, and then Luke. This is all in 12. So, so chapter 12 of Matthew which I think is just crazy is it starts out. These are all Sabbath questions. Like the whole book of the whole chapter 12 in, in Matthew is the first thing they start doing is the disciples are eating grain, right? They're eating grain on Sabbath and, and just chomp, 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 chomp. You know, I, I think of that scene from uh, the chosen where they're all like Peter just, just grabs it because they're so hungry and grabs it. I don't like that depiction of it because i don't know why I, I for some reason the way that was written i it doesn't bother me but to um, like like the ministry is a starving ministry at that point in time in the show like they had no money and blah 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 and they're having belief in faith and i just don't believe that jesus's ministry was a starving ministry I, I i just i don't think scripturally that makes sense that they were a starving ministry i think they they were well-funded ministry not like you know Crazy, crazy, you know what I mean? But they, I think they had that, I don't know. Neither here nor there. My, I love that show, The Chosen. This isn't a knock of that show, but just that scene in the, in the show, if you're familiar, he grabs the, the, the grain, just starts eating it and all of his, his brother and all of the disciples are like, what are you doing? And then Jesus gives him the nod to go ahead, guys, it's fine. And they all start eating it. And that was like, oh no, the disciples are eating grain, you know, and that one's like, you know, the Lord of the Sabbath. But that is where we're reading in the Bible. So in Matthew, that's what they're talking about. Like the Pharisees saw them doing this and look, your disciples are doing this unlawful Sabbath, you know, and then Jesus goes into the whole David comparison. Like when David needed bread, he took the show bread, you know, he took the the holy bread um, and fed it to his men. Uh, He went to the house of God and they ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for him to eat nor for those with him, but for the priests only. Like Jesus is like, what are you talking about? Like David, David did this. All right, And you don't have a problem with David. And then he's like, you know, have you not read the law on the Sabbath? The priests in the temple break the sanctity of the Sabbath and are not innocent going about how they just, you know. Um, but I tell you something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what the statement means, I desire compassion for those in distress and not animal sacrifice. You have not condemned the innocent. Talk about Hosea 6, 6 and Matthew 9, uh, Matthew 9, 13. Anyway, basically the Lord of the Sabbath. Long story longer, sorry for my breakdown here, that Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. And they left there. And then there was a man, and they went into another synagogue. Like, it's basically a synagogue hopping, but he goes into another synagogue. And there, again, it was a Sabbath, and uh, there was a man with a withered hand. And this is the one we all kind of know. Like, this is that question that Jesus asked. Is it lawful to heal someone on a Sabbath, you know? And he said, what man here among you, if he has only one sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and and lift it out? How much more valuable then is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful and permissible to do good on the Sabbath. And that's when he heals the man. And the Pharisees are getting like, oh my gosh, crazy. The Pharisees were not conspired against him. We all know that. Um, And then the next part of chapter 12 is the Pharisees being rebuked. Um, Jesus heals a demon-possessed man. He was blind and mute brought to Jesus. This is verse 22. If you want to keep up um, brought to Jesus, he healed him so that the mute man both spoke and saw. And this is when all the Pharisees like, Oh, he heals with the power of the devil, Beelzebub, Beelzebub, Satan, the Prince of demons. That's what helps him cast out. And this is when Jesus goes into the, like, 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 you know, a, um, a split king, the castle or whatever it calls. What is it? Um, Knowing their thoughts, Jesus uh, said to them, any kingdom, a, a divided kingdom, that's a split castle. Wow. That's a nice wording. Um, a kingdom that is divided against itself being laid to waste and no city or house divided against itself will continue to stand. Basically saying, if I'm casting out demons with the power of Satan, I'm destroying my own home. That makes no sense. No sense. And that's when, um, uh, he talks about the unpardonable sin. And people talk about grieving the Holy spirit is the unpardonable sin. Um, I don't think that's it. Scripturally it's not grieving. Um, It says giving attributing Satan evil to what is the Holy spirit, the attributes of the Holy spirit, attributing that to the devil. I think that is what whoever speaks a word against the son of man will be forgiven. But whoever speaks against the Holy spirit by attributing the miracles done by me to Satan, will not be forgiven either in this age or in the age to come. So that is pretty much a rebuking of the Holy Spirit. Like looking at what the Holy Spirit is doing and saying, "Nope, that's this, that's Satan, that's the devil." That is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's what you see when someone rejects God in general, when someone rejects Jesus and the miracle that he did and going to the cross and everything else, that is a, you know, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. That's when you're attributing that his his work was nothing to anything else. So, that is when I, I when, when it comes to grieving the Holy Spirit or any of those things, that's what I, I attribute to. Um, and so then the next part of Matthew 12, again, Matthew is a much longer book because there's a lot more dialogue in it because Matthew kept shorthand. Eh, everyone knows that now. Um, talking about words reveal character, good fruit, bad fruit tree, um, and then they desired signs like the scribes and Pharisees and the teacher, we want signs. And it's like, what, what, what an evil adulterous generation is more than faithful." Uh, then this is where it gets interesting in Matthew. He talks about the men of Nineveh. If you don't remember, Nineveh is the place that Jonah went to, that God called Jonah to for repentance, a revival ministry. Remember we had the episode where Jonah was all mad and upset. Well, that was in Nineveh, Right. And Jesus says, the men of Nineveh will stand up as witnesses as a judgment against this generation. Then he says, the queen of the south, Sheba, will stand up. Again, Sheba went and sat at the feet of Solomon to get his wisdom. So if you don't understand what he just did, he just referenced two Gentile examples of people that received their salvation. And that would be condemning because they repented says the men of Nineveh will stand up as witnesses at the judgment against this generation and will condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. Basically meaning these Gentiles at the preaching and the word of God repented. And now those will be in judgment and condemnation of this generation, these Pharisees, these Israelites, these unrepentant sinners. These Gentiles will have preference over the, the, the Israelites, which is like crazy to say back then. And that's where you kind of get into why he was still talking, right? So he goes from the, the men of Nineveh, the queen of Seba, and then talking about the unclean spirits being gone out of a man. that roams around, and then it comes back. It'll be huge. It finds a place unpaid swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more wicked, that whole part. So sorry if this is becoming long-winded and less than entertaining. I apologize, but I think it's really interesting that that's when you get the jump in by his mom and brothers while he was still out talking to the crowds it happened that his mothers and brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. That's when we know. Okay, cool. If you go into Mark, right? You go into Mark and you go into Mark 3. It's a much faster, rapid succession of conversations. I'm going to get to it real quick. Coming at you. So Mark 3, it goes quick, like Jesus heals on the Sabbath. And that again, it's a quick overview of what we just talked about in terms of healing the hand and everything else. And then it says the 12 are chosen. Like it goes from Jesus healing on the Sabbath and the Pharisees went out and conspiring with the Herodians. And then it goes into, he went up on the hillside and called those whom himself he wanted and chose. And they came to him and he appointed the 12 disciples that they would be with him for instruction. Okay, cool. And then it goes down um, and it goes right from that. Then he came to the house. He came to a house in Capernaum and a crowd formed again. So many people that Jesus and his disciples could not even eat a meal together. When his family heard this, they went to take custody of him for they were saying he is out of his mind. Right. And this is when they're attributing him. Oh, Beelzebub, the scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying he is possessed by Beelzebub, Satan, and he is driving out demons power rule of demonic that it does. So they called him to himself and he spoke to the parables. How can Satan drive out Satan if a kingdom is divided, split, you know? So you've got this again. And it goes back to they are, he is giving a tribute to Satan. It's the blasphemy, it goes against the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. You have that. Um, and then it goes through. it Then his mother and his brothers arrived and standing outside, they sent word to him and called for him. And he said the same thing. But it's, it's crazy. His, they mention it more in Mark about Mark 21, 321, when his own family heard this, they went to take custody of him for they were saying he's out of his mind. This is the kind of the part that again, and then if you go to, sorry, this will be the last part of this and then I'll get into my thought process about it. Um, Luke has the most interesting lead up to this. So, so far Matthew and Mark, very consistent. The Sabbath, the Elzebub's house divided, talking to that parables. And that led into this conversation. Luke, however, doesn't do it that way. Luke is an eight, right? So he's basically going, sorry, my mouth's got super dry. Um, he had just ministered to a woman, right? And she was planning the good news of the kingdom and the 12 disciples with him. Then he goes into the parables of the sower, the sower of the seed. That's where Luke drops in the parable of the sower. And then after the parable of the sower, he drops in the parable of the lamp. Okay? And then the part of that, which I think is so crazy, is the parable of the lamp. Now, one no one lights a lamp and then covers it with a container to hide it and puts it under his bed. And instead, he puts it on a lampstand so that those who come in may see the light. And then it says, verse 18, so, 8 oh, 18 says, so be careful how you listen for whoever has a teachable heart to him. More understanding will be given. And whoever does not have a longing for truth, even what he thinks will be taken away from him. And that's when Jesus' mother show up. Then Jesus' mother and his brothers came up toward him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, my mother and my new brother are standing outside. You know You get it. So. So this baffles me In all these accounts, you have this leading up to Mary and the brothers coming in and based on Mark's account coming to stop him. Cause they thought he was going crazy. Everyone's like, dude, this guy's the devil. This guy's the devil. This guy's the devil. And they're, and they were coming to grab him. Now, a thought process is, is that Mary was coming to save him, you know, like to remove him from the situation, a motherly instinct would be go to protect her child. You know, the brothers are going to stop him because they don't believe he's the Messiah. And he's talking all sorts of crazy, like all like the Pharisees got everyone wild up about Jesus right now that he's just absolutely spawned as Satan. That's what they're trying to get him going. He is Beelzebub. He's using the power of Satan to do these things. His powers are not his own. They're from down under, if you know what I'm saying. And and so the fact that Mary's going along with this just always struck me as just so odd. Because if anybody knows, again, like I said, it's Mary. No one knows the truth except Mary and God. Everyone else has an understanding based on what they think. But Mary and God know. Like Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God, and Mary and the angels, if if we're being honest. You know what I mean? But they know. They know. Like Mary is the only human being alive who knows without a doubt the divinity of Jesus. Yet here she is in this moment reaching out. And it it just makes me think about why. And there's one thing I noticed through every single one of these statements, which is what I wanted to get to. That's a really long way to get to this. And I apologize. Thank you so much for your patience. But every single time they are talking, Mary and the brothers, they are outside. And Jesus immediately calls everyone who's inside family. You know, looking about those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. And then in in Matthew, and stretching out his hand towards his his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and my mother. So So Mark, he's talking to everyone inside the people. In Matthew, he's talking to his disciples. And then in Luke, he says, your mother and your brothers are standing outside. See, you. but he answered my mother and my brother are those who hear the word of God and do it. Those who hear the word of God and do it. Again, he's talking to the people that are right next to him. And it's made me immediately think of proximity. It made me immediately think that that Family is, Jesus looked at those who wanted to do the will of God. Those who wanted to be close to him, they were his family. In this moment, in every single telling of this story, his mother and his brothers were outside. They were trying to get in to take Jesus away, but like they were outside. That just struck me as so significant. They were outside, but to all those who were inside that was his family. That was his mother. That was his brothers. That was his fathers. That was his sisters. That was his family. Those who were close to him, those who were near him, those who wanted to be as close as they could to Jesus, that was his family. So even the person who knew more about Jesus than anybody else was still on the outside. And because of that, there was doubt. There was fear. There was concern. There was, I need to go and take care of this Jesus. And it immediately makes you think of Peter when Peter gets rebuked, you know, Matthew 16. That's what's so crazy. Like this is Matthew 12 and legit <laughs> four, four chapters later, you know, that's the whole moment where Jesus is like, oh, who do you say that I am? You know, who do they say that I am? And Peter finally is like, you're the Christ, the Messiah. And like, Jesus is like, dude, why, way to go. Way to go. You know what I mean? The son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed art thou, Simon Barthona, for flesh and blood is not revealed this unto thee, but my father, which is in heaven. And legitimately like, like six verses, five, seven verses later, uh, 22. So like literally in, in verse 16, he's like, you're the Christ, dude. I got it. And he's being just absolutely... Blessed by the Lord, saying, "That's amazing. That's that's my Father. That's who gave you that information. My Father, which is in heaven." In twenty two, he's rebuking him uh, far beyond me, like you know, get behind me, Satan. And that's how quickly our that's how quickly our desire to pervert the truth or to think that we know best, like Jesus is the living Word of God. He is the word made flesh. And the moment anyone, whoever they are, tries to get him off what he is meant to do, the purity of what his his mission is, the purity of what his message is, the purity of his life, his existence, they are rebuked. They are outside, no matter how close they once were. Like no one knows, again, I can't, Stress enough, no one knows Jesus is the Christ more than Mary. Yet Mary wanted to control this. Up to that point, besides Mary, Peter was like, you're the Christ. And Jesus just like, way to go, Peter. On this rock, I will build my church. Blessed art thou, Simon (laughs) Barrona. You know what I mean? And then immediately like, whoa, dude, like, no, no, Peter, me giving you that big props was not licensed for you to come tell me how to do what I'm doing. Like get behind me, Satan, you know, Jesus, your mom and your brothers are outside. that want you to go home. That's not them right here. The people that are about my father's work, the people that want to do the will of the father, the people that want to be near me, the people that want to be close to me. That's who matters. That's why I'm here and i just think that's such a powerful like you could be the son of you could be the mother of jesus and still be outside you could be the mother of the messiah and still be outside like how important is proximity how important is being close to him how important is the the mary at the feet versus you know Martha doing dishes. And then that's why it's so it always just one of those bafflers to me, reading those scriptures and thinking about like, man, like if Mary got, got G checked, if you know what I'm saying, like, it's crazy. It's crazy, but that's what happened. So Mary's outside. The brothers are outside. And they're not his family. In, his, in this moment, they're not. These people here, whoever does the will of God, whoever does the will of my father, whoever hears the word of God and does it, those are the people that are his family. And that's the bride of Christ. We are, that's, that's the beauty of it. We are the heirs. Because if we do those things, it's all conditional to, for whoever does the will of God. Whoever does the will of my father. Whoever hears the word of God and does it. Like it's such a crazy thing to man. How important is proximity? How important is your closeness to him? How important is being near him? Because in any moment you're not, you're outside. Mary, the mother of Jesus was outside. Peter, the rock on which he was going to build the church is rebuked. Get behind me, Satan. The second they tried to take control of it, the second they tried to do what they thought was best, the second they tried to do any of that, they were outside. And that's how I think about with us, like myself. The second I try to make it according to my design, I try to pull a Peter, (laughs) a Simon, of Barjona, you know. The second I try to do that, it's like, whoa, get behind. That's not, it doesn't work that way. Like the gospel doesn't work that way. <laughs> We're drawn to him, to conform ourselves to him, to look like him, to be like him, to do the will of the father, the way he was in the will of the father. It's not the other way around. It's, it, and so, I don't know. I, th- I thought that's just a crazy, powerful thing to think about. That. Mary was just outside calling for him. And in that moment, he's like that. My mom and dad are right here. Every one of you right here. That's my family. That's my family. It's like, wow. Wow. If the mother of Jesus could be outside, then, you know, how seriously should we take this? How seriously should I be taking this? I mean, extremely seriously. And what a a a kick in the teeth realization to be like, Oh my gosh, like I don't want to be outside. I don't want to be outside screaming for him. I don't want to be outside asking Jesus to do it my way. Well, everyone inside there was family. Everyone inside there was exactly where they needed to be. So, Oh, I just thought about that. And that was just something I wanted to talk about. So I didn't forget it, but that was it. Like, I just thought that was such a crazy thing to see every, I had never noticed I had read it before, but I'd never noticed that every single version has Mary and the brothers outside yelling in that for some reason that detail just had never stuck had never jumped off the page until tonight. and then I was just reading I'm like, oh my gosh, every time they're outside and that just and, and all we've talked about recently in terms of proximity and being close to him and 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 how important that is, and then to see that it answered the question of how can Mary be out there questioning Jesus? Well, because she was, she had lost her proximity. She had lost her closeness, not forever, obviously not always, but you know what I mean? In that moment, in this example, you get three examples of Mary on the side of her brother, of her sons who didn't believe outside calling for Jesus to stop, trying to get him to quit. He had upset the Pharisees. He had ruffled some feathers. He had gotten them in the wrong way. It was getting too much heat and it was no longer comfortable probably for his brothers and Mary. And now they want it back. And immediately he's like, I don't, I don't think you, I think you guys forgot who you're talking to. Mary, you of all people should know who you're talking to. Peter, you of all people should know who you're talking to. And so it's just it's just crazy to see that. It's crazy to see that. Anyway, I thought that was super interesting. And It makes me, man, really think about proximity, really think about the closeness, how much I'm loving him, how much I'm close to him. Um, but yeah. That was this, Uh, a little bit longer, but not too bad. Anyway, uh, amazing. I can't wait to record another episode. Hopefully it'll be from the Mediterranean. (laughs) We'll tell you about that later. Uh, Bye. You have been listening to a sub church podcast. Just know you are cooler than all your friends that didn't.